Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams, and the revival is complete. North Wilkesboro is back. I had the privilege of being there just for the final days, just for the all-star race, and it was very cool to see that racetrack come back to life. The stands were packed. The energy was electric. The racing was so-so at best if they want to keep racing there on a long-term basis. I think that there's going to have to be some pretty large improvements made to both the track and to the short track racing package with the next-gen car because Kyle Larson just really stunk up the show. and It was kind of a boring race, but it was just really neat to see that racetrack come back to life and to be a part of the NASCAR lexicon once again. It's just so rare that sporting venues come back to life after they're shut down. I can't really think of a like comparable, uh, you know, venue or revival in any sport. You know, once old venues are shut down, they, they just aren't rebuilt, refurbished, brought back to life. So, uh, a neat little niche for NASCAR, hoping to see the same thing happen very soon at the Nashville Fairgrounds. We'll see how that project works out, but it was a cool weekend. So coming up on this week's edition of The Backstretch, we're going to catch up with Chris, who will give his two cents in on the revival at North Wilkesboro. We'll also talk to Brad Kozlowski about his season so far and about kind of this big month for the NASCAR circuit, uh, racing really in general. This weekend coming up is really what I call racing Christmas, right? You've got uh, early morning race at Monaco for F1 and then the Indy 500, which I grew up a huge Indy fan. And I think the racing in, in Indy cars is so great right now. And then it all kind of gets topped off with the Coca-Cola 600. So really looking forward to this weekend. So let's get talking about it. Let's rev things up. Let's start first by talking about North Wilkesboro. Um, what did you think, first of all, of the race? Um, Kyle Larson kind of stunk up the show a little bit. Uh, but I think Chase Elliott said... Um, you know, sometimes you just have to celebrate the fact that somebody was just that good. It's not the track. It's not, you know, anyone else's performance. He's just that much better. So was Kyle Larson that much better? Was it a good race? What did you think of the whole, kind of the overview the, of the, the weekend? The racing itself, Heather, I, I was kind of, I was not shocked. I was disappointed. Um, it was a little bit uneventful with our expectations that I think there was some stuff watching that true race fans got some enjoyment out of watching the different lines, watching people run literally all the way off the racetrack to get on the apron, four tires on the apron, on the concrete, trying to find grip, trying to keep the cars straight and be able to use a little bit of throttle. We all knew that was coming as, as far as those efforts. We knew there was going to be unique things happen. Um, Larson kind of stunk up both feature races, to be honest with you, Saturday and Sunday. 
Um, unfortunately, the, the, the heat races with the weather and the rain and back and forth, I, I, I think that kind of, well, it changed them a little bit. It put a little bit of a, quote, dark cloud over them a little bit. Um, actually, the way they ran in, in the, with the wet tires and the kind of wet track conditions was a little bit surprising. They did very well. Uh, so that was a little bit of a story in itself, but um, I think Kyle was that good this week. I, th I think he was just good enough. He was better than everybody else. He accepted the challenge. I think it, it, it made what he is best at, it magnified it. And that's being able to keep running fast lap times, making a vehicle run faster with less grip you know, make it, putting the driver on the spot and challenging that driver uh, lap after lap. And that, I think that's what he's best at. And I think he put a hurting on everybody. And I think everybody else is feeling a little bit bruised because of it. And it kind of, he just rose to the occasion better than anybody else. And uh, kudos to him and his teams that he drove for, the truck team on Saturday's race and his cup team, obviously. Uh, on Sunday, they they gave him what he needed to shine, and boy did he shine bright. So as far as the racing went, probably not as good as we were all hoping it would be. But a lot of times that happens with a tr slick track, rough conditions, so on and so forth. The field will spread out because uh, it's hard to run close. You know, and we had some people that did run close and got bumped around a little bit. Some tempers flared a little bit, but um, that's going that's, to that, that comes with that. That's going to come with the furniture in in this type of situation. So, being down there in person and seeing the facility, watching the race on TV, yes. should NASCAR make North Wilkes for a regular part of the schedule, either for the All Star race or in a points paying race? I think it should be a points paying race myself I'm I've never been like a as big a fan as most people are of the all-star race not that I don't I don't like it it is usually exciting and it, it does bring drama and all this stuff and that's good entertainment I think North Wilkesboro should be a racetrack that's on the schedule that's my feeling about it I was very impressed with really how the community had bought in to what was going on. They, it was like they were welcoming back a long lost friend, uh, basically a prodigal son that had left. The, the area itself, just seeing all the campgrounds and the parking and every space that was available, every yard, every little parking lot for every business or church or, or uh, convenience store that was all around the way they, they had prepared what what all they had done to the racetrack I think they did I think they found the perfect recipe to modernize clean up fix repair and make fresh what they needed to without losing the I heard someone call it rustic feel and I think that's the perfect word you, there was the history was still there when you walked in you were it just it it warmed my heart just to just to walk in and see it, and I thought that they did an outstanding job of of keeping that mixture together and welcoming the series back and welcoming welcoming the fans 
back into it. And I think they'll do more uh, if it does become a Cup Series regular stop. Um, looks like they need to build more stands because it looked to me like every, everything they had was full, had, had, a, had a person in it. So um, I think they'll continue to, to, you know, to build this up and make it even better. And, and probably in the near future, there's going to be a, a repave. Looks like they're about going to have to, I think, in the near future. And uh, I think the racing will still be great. I think it'll be very entertaining. I think it'll be a back to like fans will go and have not only watch a good race and what they enjoy, but they'll have a good time being there. It'll, it'll be a, a time off, a, a kind of a trip to the lake, a big picnic, a big party, along with watching a race. And that's what, that's what NASCAR fans are about. That's what they enjoy. And I think they'll be loyal to it. So taking like the uh, 10,000 foot view now of this, does NASCAR have a problem on the short track? I mean, I think I know the answer to this question because short track racing has been terrible. So I guess maybe yeah. the better question is how, how do we fix the short tracks? Um, that is a good question, Heather. I, I, I think that the cars themselves are so aerodynamic dependent that even on the short tracks it's hard to race closely beside one another and behind one another and stay connected um, I think they I, I think there's there's got to be some kind of formula there I heard I think it was Denny Hamp suggest that maybe we you know those things need some more horsepower uh, to make it a little hard, what, what you want is to make it a little bit harder on the drivers, you know, to to actually drive the things and, and make them slip and slide and everything. And I think everybody was hoping that just the track at North Wilkesboro would, would do that naturally, and it really didn't. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's drivers there and probably the people that, are responsible for you know the crew chief, the race engineers, the engineering department could come up with some answers that like, look, uh, we need better racing, so we're going to have to we're going to have to make this a little bit more challenging, you know, to where drivers are not, I guess, so much in control as as, as crazy as that sounds, but I don't I don't really know the I don't really know the answers to that. I, I don't know if it's you know we need like softer tires that will wear out quicker. And make you really, you know, really drive the things with no grip for a while, and try to judge yourself as a driver to how hard you need to run. I don't know if that's the answer or not, but uh, you're right. It's pretty obvious the short track racing is not that great right now. It's just not that entertaining, and that's that's uh, that hurts. The the even though Kyle Larson stunk the field up Saturday, the truck race was way better racing than the Cup race. And that's that's pretty much a common formula nowadays when they go to short tracks. So now, closing the door on Wilkesboro, looking ahead to the Coke 600, the longest race mm -hmm. in NASCAR. What are the challenges to finishing this race and, and winning this race? You know, it's uh, it sounds like an old cliche, but it, it you know it's 600 miles. You add another hundred miles to 
the races that are already a grind at 500 miles. It's a lot of time for those guys to sit in that sit in that seat, very closed in, you know, around their headrest, around their bodies, strapped in, full face helmets, socks, everything. You know, it's it's I couldn't do it because I get claustrophobic to start with, and then to be there with no relief, really from the heat and the exhaust that comes in, the things that work on you physically, it becomes very psychological. And, and, and I think it's, you know, the drivers have to really start paying attention to things like their diet. And I'm not talking about, oh, don't go to McDonald's or, or don't, don't eat greasy stuff or don't eat fried stuff. That, that's something they do every day all year round. They eat healthy foods, but now, starting to hydrate themselves, you know, several days before this happens and eating the right kind of foods and so on and so forth. Uh, having their, their, their minds mentally, psychologically ready to go through this, you know, for so long and keep sharp and be able to make good decisions and be able to communicate to their crews like, okay, what I need, because during this time, I don't care what time you start to race during the day, that long a time, the track and the handling conditions are going to change. Your, your car balance is going to change. The tires are going to grip more and less throughout the race. The track is going to be hotter in this place or cooler in that place at this time or whatever. It's going to be in the sunlight, in the dark, whatever. You know, those are changing conditions that throw you a curveball. And Charlotte itself is one of the racetracks on the circuit that actually changes the most with temperature. It's not like Bristol, it's a concrete track. Temperature really doesn't affect it much. This track has always been, theoretically and historically, um, it's been a track that changes as the race goes on. And now you're running, you're running 400 laps on a mile and a half racetrack. And you're gonna be in there, you know, four and a half hours. And it's, it's a grind, it's a gruel. Now, transfer that to the crew chiefs They've got to they've got to know going in even before they ever go to the racetrack and they're and they're building their cars and they're setting things up and the race engineers like okay we're going to go with this spring package shock pay this that and the other they've also got to realize that you're looking into it and you know that driver's going to get crabby because he's he's going to be tied into that thing and he's going to get claustrophobic he's going to get aggravated frustrated he's going to get tired so you got to help keep him pump up. Plus, you've got to plan for what's going to happen to the car as, as, a, as a race goes on. What kind of changes are you going to make? What's going to try to give him that little bit of extra juice to say, okay, yeah, those changes help my car. It's driving better and refresh him a little bit psychologically because of that, not to be in, to be in there and say nothing you're doing is helping and i got another two hours to go in this thing. That is a challenge for the, for the crew chiefs, for the leaders, the pit crews too they're going to get tired. Now these are very well-trained, physically fit guys, but still it's a long day. And they, they change, they make a lot of pit stops and they're sitting out there, they don't sit in a recliner or a couch, they don't get to go over and sit in a hot tub for a little while or take a dip in the pool or take a shower. They're in those fire suits and helmets. It's going to be hot, they're going to be tired, and they're going to get aggravated. Then they hear the driver chirping at them if they have a bad fit. It's, it's a hard, it, it, is, it is grueling. And you just got to make your mind up before it starts. That like, hey, I'm gonna be the toughest one out here. We've got to be. We've got to rise above the challenge. And that's all kind of psychological thing. And it, yes, it is tough. And you know, it's the it's the aura of the 
World 600, Coke 600 weekend at Charlotte. It's, it's on the same day as the Indy 500. It's maybe the biggest racing weekend in, in the world, you know, throughout the year. So cool thing. It's, it's a lot of good things happen from it. And if you're able to have a good finish and maybe win that race, man, it's something to stick your chest out about. And everybody wants to do that. <laughs> touched on my final question, which was, how big is Sunday for racing? I mean, it starts with Monaco, then, then Indy 500, Coke 600. It's like 1,200 miles or 1,300 miles of racing yeah. all in one day. Uh, I mean, if you're a race fan, oh. you could sit on the couch for like 16 hours and watch nothing but some of the biggest races in the world. I th Heather, I just think it's, you just said it. You hit the nail on the head, and you brought up something I hadn't really think about, you know, how many miles of racing it is in in what about probably 13 14 hours over really and it's all over the world you know you got monaco is a is a great event thousands thousands of people watch that they have a huge crowd there and it's in a beautiful setting you know the that that series that type of racing is you know it's captivating you know you see those guys driving through the streets of a of a town like that, a city like that, it's just, it's really cool. That gets you started. And then you have the Indy 500, which is, let's, let's face it, it's, if it's not the most iconic event, and I said event, not just race, uh, in, on, this, on this continent, it's close. Uh, it happens every year. It's, it, there's a lot of just history, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, just, it takes a, again, it takes a tough brand of people to race that race. It's very challenging in many ways, not only physically, but mentally, psychologically, planning. Uh, there's a lot of strategy involved. It takes a lot of patience. And then you got the Coke 600 at Charlotte. I mean, if you're a racing fan, and knowing that also we're celebrating Memorial Day the next day, most people are off work. You know, there's picnics, there's family outings. It's a great weekend. It's, it's what we really, should be doing. We should be celebrating what America is about. And if you're a race fan, celebrating the sport of racing and the business of racing and what these guys do. And on top of, remember what Memorial Day is about. A lot of people have sacrificed a lot to allow us as a country to be able to do the things that we do and that we are. And part of being able to sit home or, or go to these races, I've never been to the Indy 500 myself, but I've talked to many people. I want to do that before it's too late, just the electricity of what's going on. I would love to hyperspace over to Monaco and be able to sit on one of those porches, you know, <laughs> these decks of these beautiful homes, of, you know, watch them go through the turns, through the, through the street course. It's just, it's amazing. And then the six Coke 600, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of those. Uh, it's just unbelievable, like the, just the, the pressure of it when it starts and then you get into it and you realize, man, I'm part of one of the greatest events on the calendar. Or if you're sitting in the stands watching it, enjoy it because it's, it's a great weekend. I think it's, to me, I think it's, for most people, it might be the best weekend of the year for many reasons. And, and you know, if you watch those races, especially the Indy 500, Coke 600, you're reminded a lot about what Memorial Day is all about. And, and I think they do a good job with that. And I'm glad they do. It makes me very proud of it. 
first of all, Brad, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Good to see you. Um, so we got to talk about North Wilkesboro to start. I know the race itself probably didn't go your way. It didn't go anyone's way that wasn't named uh, Kyle Larson, I don't think. Yes. But uh, um, what did you think about being back at North Wilkesboro? I thought it was really great to see the community embrace racing. And, uh, you know, I was telling somebody that uh, when I think of North Wilkesboro, I think of the roots of the sport, you know, back to the moonshining days. And I think of race fans that are just super loyal to us uh, as in NASCAR. And I looked at the crowd that was there and, um, you know, every crowd or every person I saw in the crowd was a true, you know, kind of diehard race fan. Um, and I thought that was so cool to have the, all of those people there and and to just feel the energy in the environment. It was uh, really kind of unrivaled in so many ways. Um, it reminded me of like, a, you know, college basketball game or something to that effect. Uh, so super cool environment to be a part of and um, fun track to race on as well. So do you think that we should, uh, as a sport, be trying to find a way to get in Wilkesboro onto the schedule, either keeping it as the all-star race or a points race? Yeah, I think, you know, my perspective at the moment would be that this should should be in our schedule probably for, for years to come. You know, the capital improvements that Marcus Smith and his team made are, are significant. Uh, they, they've got an event and a venue that uh, I think can endure for years to, to will provide a high level of uh, race for our sport that we can, you know, certainly be proud of. So then kind of shifting gears to another big event. I know that you're like, really big into promote uh promoting and supporting veterans and the troops so just talk about this weekend at, at charlotte and how big this 600 miles of remembrance is for the sport yeah memorial day weekend in nascar i mean they go together like peanut butter and jelly in some ways uh you know this is obviously a big motorsports weekend 8500 uh you know of course monaco for formula one and nascar bringing the day home uh with the coke 600 the longest race uh, of the year for us and it's a special event for a number of reasons, um, you know, obviously being the longest race, but uh, the history of racing on Memorial Day weekend and, and what that means to our sport. And uh, this sport, of course, being one that was founded by people that, you know, in many cases served. So a uh, special race for us and one that means a lot. It's prestigious to win. Uh, it's, it's one of the majors in NASCAR, and um, it's tough to win because of how long it is and, and how grueling it can be on your body and, and your mental uh, acumen. So uh, I, it's a race I take a lot of pride in, Heather, and, and want to win. So I'm curious because I heard someone else talking about this. I think maybe it was Tyler Reddick on, on <laughs> Sirius yesterday. Has the fact that this has now been broken up into stages, does it change any of the, I guess, endurance qualities of the 600? Um, you know, at one point I would have said that it made it easier, but honestly now, no. I mean, you look at last year's race, the attrition level was so high. I mean, there couldn't have been 10, 15 cars running at the end of the race. Um, and, and that's, that's not a lot of cars. Uh, and I, I've seen, you know, some races in the past, same way, I, I think uh, 2019 or so, I led a bunch of the race and then we had a bad pit stop in uh, in the third or fourth stage and knocked us out of contention. And And so... If it was a you know 200 or 300 mile race, I would have won it easily. If it was a 400 mile race, I probably would have won it. But it's that last 100 or 200 miles. There seems to always be a big shakeup in the in those races. I feel like RFK has just made such leaps and bounds uh, this season, and you guys are just so close to just knocking down the door and winning a bunch of races. How important is this kind of summer push for you guys? Because I know. For you specifically, there's a lot of good tracks. And for really for RFK, there's a lot of good tracks coming up this summer. 
Well, Heather, you know, I think you look at where we're at in 2022, and it wasn't the year we wanted to have. We want to have two cars that can win races and compete for championships. It's hard to get there overnight, but we've made a lot of progress in 2023. We have both cars now kind of tentatively in the playoffs. Certainly a lot of racing left to go, but uh, better to be looking in than looking in from outside, uh, or better to be in than looking in from outside. So I, I think we're in a good spot. Uh, we need to win races, though. And we need to continue to push ourselves. This summer stretch is a big stretch for us to, to find another gear uh, and not go backwards. Um, and the Coke 600 pays out more points than any other race during the season. We need to make this race count with a lot of points and uh, contending for stage wins and victories. Uh, it's interesting you brought up that it pays out more points. I hadn't thought about that, but I guess with the extra stage, it does. So, I mean... Is, does that make this race more, I guess not more important, but as you mentioned, it's one you you really got to, you got to stage race maybe more than the other races in. Yeah, I mean, you can dig a big hole at Charlotte. I mean, if you don't execute at Charlotte, you're going to lose a lot of points. Uh, that is, is very hard to recover. Um, you, you've got to make this race count. So for my final thought today, I, I, I want to talk about the incident with Bubba Wallace. I I hate having to continue to sound like a broken record but incidents keep happening and things keep happening and it it needs to be talked about it's an absolute embarrassment to the sport that fans keep acting like this towards Bubba I don't care if he's your driver I don't care if you want to boo him because he's rivals with your driver but Having been around the sport and followed Bubba's career really from pretty early on when he was a, a young uh, uh, late model racer and he was a development racer for NASCAR, he was a very popular driver in the sport and did not get booed until the events in 2020. And I I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but Bubba did not have anything to do with, with reporting that, with the outpouring that came out afterwards from that. He was just along for the ride. So you can blame Bubba as, as much as you want, but your your anger and your blame are misguided. They're very misguided. That, that all was started by NASCAR and other NASCAR drivers. And I do not care if you think it was a noose or not. It was tied in the shape of a noose. And in 2020, at the time, 2020, now 2023, there are much better ways to tie knots in the shape of a noose. It's not necessary. And the only reason to do it is to be cute, funny, and try to make some sort of racist point, whether it was, whether it was pointed towards Bubba or pointed towards another crew member or just to be a jerk. I don't care. It's unnecessary and it's just wrong. But... What happened this week at North Wilkesboro is particularly disturbing just because this person got into the middle of his radio communication, you know, and I, I from what I understand, this has happened before with other drivers. They didn't obviously say racist remarks in there, but this has happened with other drivers and it, that becomes a safety issue because that channel is so important for the drivers and the crew chiefs and the spotters to be able to talk about the car and to think that a fan 
could get in there and interrupt that conversation is frightening. And, you know, what's going to end up happening, because people don't know how to act right, we can't have nice things, is that it's possible we might lose access to the scanners entirely. So just act right, be nice, boom if you want to. I don't think you need to. I think you can cheer for your driver without booing for others. There are certainly guys in the garage area that I think are friendlier than others, that I like dealing with more than others. Doesn't mean I'm rude or, or awful to the other people. I just like the people I like. And so I don't think that this hate is necessary and it's so frustrating to see and it's so disappointing for a sport that I, I've learned to enjoy. But it also reinforces the reasons why I was hesitant to get into the sport to begin with. And and I hate that 21 years into doing this. We should be better than that. We should move forward in our development as a people, as a nation, as a sport. Thanks for joining us on The Backstretch. We'll see you next week.